Hey everybody, what's going on? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pow Pow Media. Pow Pow Media is the premier video and production video marketing resource in the DFW area. They're going to create you some original video content for TV, film, internet distribution, whatever you need. If you're a small business, you need to check these guys out because the e-commerce videos that they make are extremely valuable and second to none in the area. They've been in business since 2000. They've created over 12,000 multimedia projects. They can do drone footage, uh, any kind of promo for an event or any kind of small business or a band, anything like that. I had one made. It's extremely professionally done. They have a really quick turnaround. It looks phenomenal. I love it, and I'll be using them again for sure. So check them out at powpowmedia.com and tell them I sent you. Let's go ahead and get started. And we are live. Welcome to this episode of the Slightly Chewed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Watson. As per usual, my guest on this particular episode is uh, Mr. Shane Hollinger of 95.9 The Ranch greatness and fame how's it going man good buddy how are you man? i'm doing very well i'm really glad to have you on and uh, i think that you and i probably have a lot of interesting things to talk about probably thank you uh first for inviting me and then remembering that you invited me yeah well i don't drink anymore i noticed so that helps that helps a lot because <laughs> i totally forgot we were, i was at magnolia i guess for uh who was that grady spencer had ran into yeah. you and you asked yeah. me and i was like yeah sure yeah. oh yeah that's <laughs> and then right you messaged me a couple of days later I'm like Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad it worked out. It did. That's Thank generally you. how my plans are made in the middle of the evening. Last second, yeah, middle I, of the evening, corner I, some guy, I got you. And I forget that I'm the one that's not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and so the plans kind of, I have to make sure that I follow up. Exactly. Otherwise, that kind of stuff will happen. So <laughs> anyway, welcome to my house. Welcome to the yeah. TCU area. You're right by TC. I am. I am in the thick of it. And what smells so good? What did you cook? <clears throat> I'm, I lit a candle. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, Bath this and room Body Works doesn't Merry always. Merry Christmas, everybody. This room doesn't always smell very good. Uh, I can't imagine with the drummer in here. Yeah. How could it not and, smell good? And all this equipment that's in smoky bars all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I light. I light a candle for your courtesy. Are you more of a fan of the non-smoking bar or the smoking bar? Look at me. I'm already asking you questions. I'm not a smoker, so I like the non-smoking bar. Me too. Bar. Big I, fan. I quit. I quit playing in smoky bars as much as possible several years ago starts tearing your throat up i can't do it yeah mm-hmm. i can because i do five or six sometimes seven shows a week right between acoustic and band and if i'm in a smoky bar i can i can carry on in non-smoky bars for weeks on mm-hmm. end like that but if one smoky bar bad one and i'm down for days i feel like i have to throw my jacket away yeah yeah, yeah. just disgusting yeah i learned a trick though a long time ago about getting the smell out of yourself How's Before that? you go to bed, take a bath. Not to take a shower oh. if you don't feel like taking a shower. <laughs> if you come home after a few too many drinks, like I may have done a handful of times. No, never. Sorry, mom. Uh, but, <laughs> it's all for show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you take a handful of dryer sheets, mm-hmm. like two in each hand, and just rub them all over yourself, that gets rid of the smell. I didn't know we got so R-rated on this program. It gets rid Very of the smell. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You don't. I, I mean, know. I've never tried that. You don't have to take Obviously. your clothes off or whatever you want to do. That's what I. <laughs> Maybe man, I do. Oh, you can. You're welcome to. If anyone wants to think about that, you're welcome to do I'm that. Sure, they just did, and they uh, turned <laughs> off. So good to see you. Yeah, but that's what I used to do, and it gets the smell out of your hair, and it, and it. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't make your pillow smell bad if you don't feel like taking a shower. I got it. I don't know. I'm gonna try it now. You should try it. I try it, to stay away from the smoky bars as much as I possible. Though. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Chelsea works in one, and uh, so I, I don't, uh, 
I go up there sometimes, but I'll just stay for a minute. Wave from the doorway. Yeah. So Have a good to see yeah, you. With a fan blowing the, right. blowing the air away from me. Well, that's just your rock star status. You always have yeah. to have a fan blowing yeah. on you like a white snake yeah. video. It worked better when I had long hair. Right. It doesn't work as well <laughs> not now. Not as much. No, not as well. If you look really close, my hair is moving. It is. I have it plastered to my head, but it moves. <laughs> that one hair that I didn't get. Exactly. Moves, so, How did you uh, get involved in radio and all that? That's something that I'm interested in. I, I love doing radio when I get to do it. I was about 15 years old when I first started in radio, a yeah. uh, little radio station in Stephenville, Texas. And thankfully, the guy that uh, owned the radio station was a guy that like started the ABC radio network, which was kind of uh, one of the first forms of satellite radio. That yeah. They just had this satellite format that came out of like the Dallas area and they shipped it off to all these other radio stations that played it. So sometimes when you're out in the middle of the boondocks and you flip through stations, they're like, they're playing the exact same song. Yeah. Well, that's probably that radio format. Yeah. And he liked my guts, you know, to come in and ask for a job at 15 years old yeah. and let me start doing it. And we broke some child labor laws as I was working <laughs> late at night, but you know, that happens. And uh, man, I was just hooked instantly. Yeah. It was unbelievably cool. Yeah. I thought this is easy i'm doing this <laughs> just sitting down and talking this is and great listening to music there's free coffee this yeah. is wonderful so what you would be doing anyway That's just pretty much yeah <laughs> so now i get paid a dollar fifty an hour to do it there so it's go. exciting can't argue with that i always love it when i get to do it it's something i've always been interested in in maybe pursuing as an alternate career mm -hmm. later in life mm -hmm. i uh i would suggest don't yeah well yeah. i say that about music too don't Right. Well, because I don't want you to take my job. Is oh, all it is. well, yeah. no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But I don't know. It's I just enjoy it. Getting to I really enjoy the art of of conversation. Mm -hmm. That's why I started these mm -hmm. podcasts, and that's why they're so long. People ask me sometimes. Some of these are upwards of three hours, and they ask I'm me. I'm gonna have to take a nap. Yeah. Well, you can do it's that. Radio. I'll just keep talking. You can take a nap for a minute. I'll snore once for yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I just love doing it, and I think inter inter mixing that with music and, mm -hmm. and artists is 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 really interesting to me i don't do live music on this show do you I not? Just, we just talk and i do that on purpose well, i try I'm to my kazoo away yeah man. do that whatever you brought just <laughs> leave it in the car i have a song for you chris i'd like yeah. to play it right now if you had a kazoo and wanted to play it i would let you play it i wouldn't <laughs> i would let you i'm semi-pro not yeah. professional right, yet right, but right. i'm working on it yeah 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 keep at it though <laughs> that's don't, what you tell everybody yeah, isn't it don't yeah give up. keep at it don't give up but yeah, but I don't do, I like to keep these uh, as candid as possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so that's kind of, if you pick up a guitar, you kind of lose that candidness. Yeah. So that gets kind of how I view it. I'm going to do, I want to do performance episodes. I haven't started it yet. That would be cool. But I had the idea of like 20 minute, mm -hmm. play a song, talk. I have a full front of house rig in here that I record into when I do full recordings. At oh, you X, do? At X32 yeah. over there. Ooh, And fancy. so I can get a good mix and a good sound out mm -hmm. of it so it doesn't have to just be through this mic you mm -hmm. know sitting there and you can get and i'm doing the gopro you can actually get good video yeah out of it. so that's kind of an idea that i have had i could mix them down put them on youtube you should so. try it sometime i'm gonna try Why it not? i just i don't know there's no reason not to i just haven't gotten around to it this Lazy. i well yeah that's yeah. part of it just don't don't put me on blast <laughs> like that <laughs> I thought that's what that's what this show is about. It to put is. you on blast. It, maybe it is. I don't know what that means. I'm so old. <laughs> don't millennial me, boy. <laughs> I'm 30. I don't count as a millennial. Okay, good. I don't think. I don't really know. The I don't rules either. For I that. think I fall in that gray area between Generation Y and millennials. 
I was born in the mid '80s, so I'm I definitely not a millennial. Oh, when music was fantastic, yeah, yeah, good yeah. point. Music and fashion were on were on point for oh, sure. Oh man, for sure. I still <laughs> have my parachute pants. Yeah, well, I didn't have any parachute pants as a child. You, obviously, you weren't loved. Yeah, clearly, mom. Again, <laughs> where your were mom's you? gonna slap me. Where were you on that one, mom? So anyway, so you uh, you you grow up in Stephenville? Is that where you? No, uh, grew up actually, you... my dad was military and then a Church of Christ preacher. So we moved around yeah. a lot. I get that same look every time I say that. People are like, "Really? Okay." Those two things seem like they well, would you know, conflict. they're hand in hand. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so we moved around a lot. Actually, I went to more schools than probably anybody possibly should have, but. <laughs> It, it gave me my uh, my Patchwork. awkwardness and uh, you know you and my ability to not talk to people very well. So yeah, yeah that helped out a lot. No, uh, <laughs> so I, I I always say that I'm from Dublin because Dublin, Texas, is where I spent about three and a half years of school, and that was the longest period I ever spent of any time. So yeah. I say I'm from Dublin. That works. It and works it sounds for me. Cool. It does sound cool. Luke Wade's from Dublin, so why not? I'll exactly. go. I'll go with it. And some people, if you don't say Texas, they won't know. I have a saying, you don't ever ask a man where he's from. It's, if he's from Texas, he'll tell you. If not, he'll only be embarrassed. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, true. That's really true. That's <laughs> it's a long t-shirt is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one font or multiple fonts? Oh, Bleeding Cowboy. Ugh. Always. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll pass. It's not going to sell anyway, so why no, not? <laughs> just make one. You can wear it. Might as well make it awkward. <laughs> that font came out, and it was everywhere. I saw, I've seen people with tattoos, Bleeding cowboy tattoos if you have one i'm not taking a dump on you but right below their barbed wire around their arm <laughs> yeah it was there man exactly yeah i don't know i did it i was guilty i had a poster i had a bleeding cowboy poster did I you know. i did at one point i used to run a blues trio like blues rock mm-hmm. heavy guitar playing any lyrics were just a means to an end to play more guitar right which i loved because i wasn't a very good singer or songwriter so it didn't really matter I just needed to get to the solo. Just get that loud and I as can kind of mouth and it sounds like I'm singing. Yeah, yeah. I took the John Mayer approach where you could yeah. only un- understand about half the words <laughs> I was saying. Yeah, real guitar. breathy. Yeah. yeah, guitar, guitar, yeah. guitar. It yeah. works. It did work for a little while. I toured a lot doing that, but my poster was a Bleeding Cowboy poster. Oh, well. And but was, that brought him in. I made it in Microsoft Word. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is like 10 years ago. I didn't have access to Photoshop or anything, so I just kind of put the picture in there but you've ever done that have you ever put a picture in microsoft word and you can't like you have to hit space to put it where it needs yeah, to be you can't like, move tap, it around tap, 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 tap. yeah this so, is not working. so it's like off center a little bit <laughs> yeah. and then the, yeah and then the, we all this, had to start somewhere Chris. little borders that was the thing yeah that was where i started i started as a news director in radio think about that me and city council <laughs> meetings yeah Taking notes, pretty freaking exciting. I'll 15, tell you that. Yeah, really interesting. Nothing like in listening to them repave dirt roads in Urath <laughs> County. <laughs> yeah, that sounds riveting. It was really. pretty. Yeah, that's when I knew I wanted to do this job. When I woke up the next day and said, "Well, I guess I'll go to work." Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. It's better than. It's a good sign. That's better than most people. That's, I imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. I've I've had those days for sure. Shut up. You're a musician. Yeah. Well, not doing that. Oh, I, I've done other jobs. I had yeah. other jobs. <clears throat> you haven't always been a rock star? Um, I wasn't. I didn't come out of the womb with really? a guitar. I know that's shocking. There wouldn't have been enough room in there. True. I don't think. I, I would hope not. I don't yeah. want to talk about your mother's womb anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> that's the third sorry mom in 10 minutes. It's <laughs> the third one. It happens. But no, I, uh, I started, uh, I studied architecture in college. Did you really? But I only went for a couple of years. 
But that's one of those jobs that you don't have to have a degree to do mm-hmm. necessarily. You just have to be able to do it. It's like mine, yeah. Timely and well. Yeah, kind of in like being a musician, really. You don't even really need to learn how to read music or do anything. If you can just do it, yeah. and do it well, and, and it gets the job done. So I did that for a couple of years in some graphic design. I worked for a custom motorcycle shop. Really? Built, we built choppers, like the big, like, like the, vroom, like the big. 10 foot long, like raked out choppers. I've built, I've built those. I designed them mostly, and I learned. Do you ever ride those with the like the high handlebar? Yeah. Oh yeah. I always had the question: How long before your arms are just completely numb? It's really way more comfortable than you think. Really? Absolutely. I wouldn't think so. Your arms don't necessarily go numb, and unless you've got the big ones, they're called ape hangers. Mm-hmm. If you have those, the blood comes rushes out of your hands and arms after a while. That seems safe. So the only thing, well, it's not really that bad unless it's cold. Oh, yeah. And that's because when you're riding, when you learn how to, I got my motorcycle license when I was 18, I think. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they tell you in this class is that whatever the temperature is below 70, so say it's 60 degrees, at like 30 miles an hour, it's 50 degrees. Oh, really? And for every 10 miles an hour after that, it's 10 degrees lower, something to that effect. <sighs> so when it's like when you see a motorcycle guy bundled up and you're wearing shorts, that's why. Because hy- hypothermia will kick in, and if it's cold enough and you're not warm enough, hypothermia will kick in. Now I saw <clears> the <throat> other day when it was like 17 or whatever it was this guy riding his bike, and that yeah. must have been the strongest human being on the planet. Yeah. Well, I know a guy around here Man. to that effect who he only has a motorcycle. Ooh. And he was out in the in that weather, and he had to go to work. And I was just going, oh. "What are you?" putting on like like how do you get all in sick with mono make something up take man. an uber or yeah, something yeah. just anything but i will he, drive you he did it. yeah i'll go pick you up yeah i know he did it though he's uh i don't know he's a better man than i am mm-hmm. i still have a motorcycle but i haven't ridden it in a long time but back to the ape hangers if when when it gets cold enough if you're not wearing gloves your hands will get really cold that's the only thing that i ever encountered that's wild i wouldn't think that but that's the only thing but i also have really bad circulation so that oh. may have something to do with oh, it oh i could tell yeah you can see it i could see it yeah. through you yeah, yes. yeah yeah i understand it's a radio but, trick yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah no but working for the that that company riding those long choppers is is a whole different whole different ball game because they're, they're like 10 feet long Nine and a half, nine and a half, ten feet long. The big custom ones, and these were going for fifty, sixty thousand dollars. They were fully custom. We did, we did everything in house. We built, we had a, a a plasma table, Mm -hmm. uh, automated four foot by four foot plasma torch table, and so I would. I w- we made all of our own stuff. We built, we rolled the frames. We built oh, all, wow. built all the brackets. Weren't just piecing stuff no, together. No, the motor mounts, all the mounts, everything except for the stuff that you have to buy, like mm-hmm. tires and motors and that kind of stuff. And we would put them all together that way. But we made everything in house that we could make. All the fenders. We had a um, English wheel. Mm-hmm. We would roll the fenders. We had a oh, paint booth. Wow. We did all our own custom paint jobs. And so I designed <clears throat> that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in AutoCAD. And I would make the paint jobs and I would make these little brackets if we needed one for this particular motor, the mounts and all this kind of stuff. And uh, then we had this plasma table, which is the most fun thing that I had because sometimes we wouldn't have anything to do for a couple of weeks. We didn't have a bike to build. Just make something up. Just make stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this plasma t- uh, table would cut through up to an inch and three quarters of solid metal. Wow. This little plasma lightning bolt i could see how much fun this could be it was a blast (laughs) and so we would put up to four by four of metal on this table and i would just make some crazy design Mm -hmm. and just hit go and you just watch you put on your your welder's mask Mm -hmm. and you just watch and it just 
it just rolls around. around. Yeah, it just cuts the oh, metal wow. out, and then it it all falls to the bottom because it's it's hollow in the bottom, and then you've got this thing that you you have it. So we had all kinds of crazy stuff. weird stuff hang, hanging everywhere, <laughs> hanging on the wall. <laughs> See that. It was a really fun job though. I love motorcycles, so I was really enthralled uh, with that job. We had a couple of sketchy. Our off our 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 shop was in a warehouse district, mm. so there was some sketchy like people coming in hanging and around to, yeah. yeah and trying to get stuff and and uh but other than that it was really we also had go-karts we went we got bored and we bought go-karts off craigslist oh day. how could you not i know and it was not it's not the cheap go-karts these go-karts were like shifter carts and they oh, go legit. about they go about 90 miles an hour <laughs> when you're going and we had this big open parking lot and uh your your ass is about two inches off the ground <laughs> you're going about 80 miles an hour through this parking lot and we would have races around the building and it was pretty sketchy that is pretty fun though but it was fun it was a really fun job it wasn't the most lucrative job i've ever had but it was definitely one of the most fun but it was that, better than my tanning salon job which well, is a different story for a different day that's frightening actually <laughs> i did that one time I'm like i am never doing this again yeah it's the weirdest thing ever I was a manager, or almost a manager, I guess, mostly a manager. Really? At a tanning salon in uh, in Denton for a while. I can't see that from you. This is a job. I had a friend that worked there, and I didn't... Here I you was, go. I was working as a bartender at a restaurant. Well, it's an obvious transition, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The skills transfer over 100%. I mean, 100%. Yeah. And I said I wanted to leave this restaurant, and he said, uh, "Well, I've got an opening." And I said, "Great, I'm there." And I showed up, and that was it. I don't know. It wasn't much interesting character. There wasn't. You meet. Yeah. Well, that and 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 just uh, the benefits of yeah. working in a tanning salon. Oh, of course. That are not getting a tan because I don't think I ever laid down in you one. Get of them, them cool little shade things. Yeah, I never yeah. did it. I never tried it. You have to do it one time. I never did it. It's the most frightening thing in the world, especially when you're claustrophobic. Yeah. It's awesome. I imagine it, and it's loud, and you're just in there. I saw some uh, horror movie where it was like Scream or something oh, yeah. like that, where they like zip tie the thing shut. She was well she, done. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Crispy, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that Original kinda, recipe. That kind of always freaked me out, but I don't know. That's uh, that's my sordid job history. That's bizarre. It's there's a lot going on there. So yeah, so I took that and then I went and worked at a at a firm where I was uh, designing uh, swimming pools, and as an architect and outdoor. Can you still do that? Because I need a pool. I could probably do it. There are probably better people to do it than me for sure. It's oh, okay. been it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been almost I don't know. It's been about eight years since I've done that. So maybe maybe not, but. You know, like we we've can, all had those weird jobs trying to do what we want to do. Yeah, I did dairy construction for a while, which was fun. Poured a lot of cement. Dairy construction? Yeah, building dairies out in Erath County. It's the dairy capital of the world. Come on, man, I get with it. I didn't know that. Uh, a lot of people don't. Uh, I've worked in grocery they stores. They will now, though. Convenience stores. Uh, where else have I done? I worked at a photo lab, which was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Did you see anything weird? Uh, no, it was one of those giant, like, you know, when you take your school pictures and all your school pictures go to this one big plant, well, that's, that was the plant. It wasn't oh. like a one hour right. photo lab. That would have probably been more interesting like and someone, fun. Someone in a trench coat bringing just, you up. Like here's 40,000 kindergartners <laughs> looking at me. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but they did some cool pictures. They did some stuff for NASA and the Cowboys. So oh, every cool. now and then you'd see these behind the scenes kind of stuff. But yeah. Nothing too interesting or yeah. fun. Yeah. So how did your radio... Uh, career progress after 
news meetings? I was uh, trying to think. We had a guy that was doing the midday show, and he did this classic country show. And every now and then I'd fill in with him because, like, he, I can't remember, he asked me some random trivia question one time to see if I could fill in for him. He was, <laughs> yeah, it was a D. And uh, <laughs> I, I answered it, and I don't even remember what it was anymore now. And so I'd fill in for him. So he decided to move on somewhere else. And so they had me at, like, 20 years old hosting the classic cafe in the middle of the day, a three-hour classic country show. Nice. So I did that for a while. Uh went to uh there was a station kcub in stephenville when it first started so i started over there when uh me and my buddy darren prater would do the morning show and that was the most bizarre thing ever because when they started that radio station they didn't know what the format was going to be hmm. so you could call in and request anything so we'd have britney spears and then the rolling stones you know <laughs> oh, it was like very frustrating to yeah. work on a radio station yeah. like that like i can't handle this yeah uh, and then that kind of bombed out on us. And uh, I'm trying to remember where I went after that. I think I actually went back to KSTV in Stephenville, which is where I got my start. Mm-hmm. I've been down in the Hill Country for a while, uh, working at a the, what the what K E R V or something. But I, when I got there, I changed the name to Revolution FM, which was pretty cool. Like yeah. it was like a top forty Nashville station, and I kicked the doors in. I was like, no, we're playing all Texas music, and people <laughs> yeah. loved it. It yeah. was it was pretty fun. But that's since sold and changed into a classic rock station. Seems like everywhere I go, we change it to Texas and I leave and they change it to something else. <laughs> well, yeah, you're the glue holding the station together. It's kind of what, well, I take all the music, basically, is oh, what yeah, it is, too. Helps. Like, God, oh, I'm taking my stuff. <laughs> I worked at a, a little radio station in Granbury for a while, which was, you know, powerful. It could almost get the entire parking lot with this signal. Solid. Uh, it was pretty exciting there. And then um, been at the ranch now for almost eight years, I think, which is crazy to think it's the longest i've ever worked at any place now yeah yeah the ranch is booming yeah right now i i got in on the ground level when i first came here the uh, program director kevin mccoy told me about this signal upgrade that was going to happen i got there in april and it was like you know by december we're going to be upgraded to a hundred thousand watts well seven years later we did the upgrade finally you yeah. know but i was like i see it coming yeah and so now it's been really fun to be able to introduce like this music to a just a huge broad audience yeah that's uh that's definitely an interesting point in in that I was having this conversation with somebody the other day in that Texas country specifically or Texas music mm-hmm. and and that and the red dirt that kind of spans the the region mm-hmm. is a really unique genre of music right now in this era because it's really the only genre of music where you still discover new artists from the radio. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any other genre of music that's doing that especially around here. I don't live anywhere else, so I don't know, you know, what's going on in New York or LA, but from what I gather, LA's producing mega pop music mm-hmm. and they don't really have a, a, a source for, for the local people to get on the radio to try to get some exposure. And, uh, the, you know, the jazz and neo soul scene up in New York doesn't really have that either. It's a very underground movement, mm-hmm. but in Texas, there are what I have, uh, endearingly dubbed the gatekeepers, which would be guys like you, in your position because people, younger people are still looking to guys like you to discover artists like mm-hmm. me and like all the other guys that you've been so gracious to, to spin and, and help out. And, uh, I think that's a really unique, unique thing. And I think it's really powerful that that still happens. Cause that's a very sixties, fifties way of going about it. It really, really is. I mean, we're, we're probably one of the only radio stations that, doesn't play a song just because it's a single, too. right? You know, like 
a lot of radio stations, the new Reckless Kelly song comes out. That's the single. That's the one we're playing. We'll play that usually, Mm -hmm. but then we'll dig way deeper into albums, and we love that. And that's cool that we get to do that and be this big of a radio station because I've done that at radio stations, but they're 500,000-watt stations. I mean, they're tiny, tiny We're just because we're just hoping somebody hears us and that we're different. Right. Uh, To be able to do this on a giant (laughs) 100,000-watt station in the number five media market in the nation is unreal quite honestly number five in the nation that's incredible yeah so it's 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 we're reaching such a huge audience and i knew how big of an audience we were and how this had been really untapped even in this area when we first started doing the upgrade there was a guy calling in and he was like hey man you guys played this song i never heard it before and it was like the road goes on forever and the party (laughs) never i was like man that song's 20 years old that's amazing that you're finally hearing that you know yeah and they just totally get hooked because it's something real and honest and yeah totally different than they're hearing in Dallas Fort Worth market yeah. anywhere you know yeah well it's important to have guys like you who recognize the value of of cultivating a scene mm-hmm. I think uh, because it, it, it really helps guys out even if it's not a single that's being promoted you know if it's a friend of yours and you give them a chance for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. you know especially on your Sunday show when mm-hmm. you have the freedom to really play whatever Just you play want. whatever yeah and and that really it helps people out because a lot of people like myself will listen to that show and 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 Ben's show and all mm-hmm. this all the stuff to hear specifically things that I never heard before because that's the point is that I'm I'm always hungry for new music and I don't I don't consider myself a loyalist to any genre so I can listen to what you're doing and I and then I can go listen to this other stuff. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I really think that's important to help cultivate a, a positive, forward-moving scene. That's how you keep this scene growing. It really is. Or it's going to get stale and stagnant. And you're you're seeing that in other markets where they're playing the same artist over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And then all of a sudden they have to change formats. And we don't know what happened. It was going so well. It's mm-hmm. like because you stopped doing your the, what you were doing five years ago. Yeah. You know, you weren't. All these guys were new, and now you're just playing the same artist. But mm-hmm. yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, well, it's just it's really important, and it and it keeps people like me inspired that you know there's still a place that that you can get your name out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you if you really have the wherewithal to do that, and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to do it exactly on a national scale, it's a lot easier on the pocketbook, and it's just easier to do. So, it's really cool to do that. I really appreciate it. You guys have been really good to me, so I I really appreciate that you know and oh, we just played you it was an accident i thought you're yeah. somebody else I really yeah did. no i get that a lot you're randy watson yeah so i was pretty excited yeah 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 i get that a lot <laughs> i get that a lot i get that a lot uh, no, you specifically do. <laughs> 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 but i've embraced it at this point so i don't know but i have you always been i guess you were doing a classic country show have you always been a country music aficionado no not at all i was like really into hardcore death metal for a long time yeah, really i mean like sepultura and suffocation and okay those were always my favorite bands and then there the weirdest story i was working oh radio station i worked for in weatherford uh i was working at this radio station in weatherford and this guy comes in and he has this album he wants to promote and so we start playing it and uh, it was a country station but they were doing like classic country hits it was all john anderson and you know merle haggard and clint black and stuff stuff everybody knows yeah and uh 
there was this song and it was like you know it wasn't even the greatest song in the world but it was it was catchy but it was real and it was honest and i was like man this is really cool what is this stuff well it's this texas music stuff so i started getting into it and it was larry joe taylor of Mm, all people you know who has a little thing that he does in stephenville now sure but uh and he was just kind of getting started with that whole festival but it was just i found him and then i found all these other artists in this whole entire scene and that's that's me i'm like when there's something new i gotta go find it i gotta find everything that there is with it yeah and so it was that guy that started me on this path of finding all these amazing artists and then i started for lack of a better term get a kind of tired of that scene i was like okay this scene's like this i've got this now mm-hmm. i want to find this americana scene and this yeah. this, this singer songwriter stuff and the soulful stuff and yeah and then and then you start to realize man all this stuff blends together this is so perfect so let's start doing a station with all of this together and that's and been doing that for so long now that man there's no way i could ever stop but we're always searching for something new and make sure that you tip the hats to those guys that kind of paved the way yeah and folks love that yeah they do and they people always like to find out the new thing Mm -hmm. in in anticipation of that new thing becoming you know a big thing Mm -hmm. and you're in on the ground floor of it and you're you're a part of you feel like you're a part of something you helped create something for somebody Mm -hmm. and that's always a good feeling but i i appreciate the texas music scene uh from a standpoint that the fans are insanely loyal yes they are and it's it's there's not a whole lot you can do to turn them off once they're on to you except when they get big I've yeah. noticed that a lot. There's a weird gray area. And I don't area. understand why that happens sometimes. Well, that's a, another subject that I was going to bring up uh, well, during this conversation was the... Uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. I guess the divide between national country and Texas country. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Nashville, mm-hmm. just national right, for, right. for the listener. Right. <clears throat> which mostly comes out of Nashville, but mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with any of it. Personally, no. I, I try to stand from the, from the angle that I don't think that there is any bad music because I have, I've been an artist of, of a couple of different mediums mm-hmm. for my whole life, mm-hmm. uh, be it painting, be it writing uh, and music. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate on any level, any form of self-expression. Right. I, I encourage it. I think it's really, really important for, for human evolution and growth of oneself. It's extremely important and cathartic and all of those things. So when I hear, when something comes across my desk, if I don't like it, I do my, when I see people standing around shitting on it, I try to go, okay, well, you heard of it. That's something that you already knew you didn't like. Yeah. So that doesn't mean it's bad. That means it's good enough that enough people like it mm-hmm. that you heard of it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the stance that I try to take. But I hear a lot of people in Texas specifically who are who are fanatics for this Texas music scene, which I love that these people do that. It's it's a it's a tremendous to watch, uh, and and be a part of on a very small scale. They will take the biggest stance against anything that's not that Mm -hmm. but i don't think that most of those people and this is the perspective that i want to get from you uh from a from much more of an insider's perspective uh because i'm you're inundated i'm sure with Mm -hmm. much more music than i am um but they take a very strong stance against anything that that doesn't come out of texas because it's not from texas and it's not the same but i don't think they make the connection that a lot of 
more than more than most of the Texas artists do songwriting sessions between LA and Nashville. And a lot of them record in Nashville and even. They, yeah, and, I mean they even yeah. go they go to the record. And what I what I've had to note what I've noticed that I've had to do over the past few years even is when I'm introducing an artist that's not from Texas, I won't tell them they're not from Texas. Right. It'll be here's Chris Stapleton. Just and yeah. just play it. And just, here's somebody new for you to listen to. Yeah. And they're like, "Wow, this is the greatest thing ever. Where's this guy from?" Yeah. Here's Chris Stapleton. Yeah, don't you worry know? about it. Just, yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. here's Sean McConnell. All these artists that are now considered Texas music artists yeah. aren't from Texas. American there are Aquarium. A ton, yeah, a ton of them. Yeah. But the, it's, and like I've always said, Texas music in itself is not about a zip code. It's about a sound. I mean, that's yeah. really all it is. Right. It's got to have some honesty and some purity to it. And, uh, and that's what people seem to like. Yeah. Well, that's the most important thing to mm-hmm. me musically. I if you hear something that that means something to the person that's that's giving it to you, it's going to be good a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the bottom line. And I think that people recognize that if you give them if if they give themselves a chance to recognize that, mm-hmm. it's those borders that they put up for themselves where they get this this loyal heart on for for the state and this genre of music that they champion and there's that's a good thing. I'm there's not, nothing wrong with I'm that. I'm not whatsoever. saying that's a yeah. bad thing at all and I just I just wish that they would open their minds a little bit mm-hmm. because because a lot of those artists are going up there. I'm not going to name any names obviously, but a lot of them that people really hold as the top of the top Texas country people are spending a lot of their time in LA and Nashville writing and recording and using session musicians and all that. And they come back here and then people go, yeah, Texas. And what, what they'll find like ranch listeners are even finding is all these artists that we have introduced from other areas. Mm -hmm. A lot of them we found out about because of Texas artists who are touring on a national level. I mean, I found out about Whitey Morgan in the 78s who were playing, who are just cool and mm-hmm. honky tonk country from Cody Jinks, yeah. you know, and cause he's touring all across the nation mm-hmm. now. And that's, uh, those guys are like, man, these guys fit perfect. They're mm-hmm. perfect with us. So they help us by, we open up for them in their hometown and then they open up for us when we come back to Fort Worth or yeah. Dallas or wherever, you know, Austin or whatever it is. It's, yeah. they still have that Texas music family feel about them. You know how, cause most Texas artists help each other out a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when they find an artist that sounds like, what they're doing or somebody that they know is doing, man, they'll champion for them. Obviously do artists and you may not have the answer to this question. Do artists like that who you just mentioned? I've never, I don't know who that is, but Mm -hmm. I'm interested. Um, do they call themselves Texas music if they're not from here? What do they call no, it? Outside of Texas, what do they call that we, style of music? I, we've been doing a lot of research on this lately even, and a lot of these artists, and we looked at the top 20, it was a conversation I just had not too long ago, like the top 20 uh, core artists, which we consider the core artists on the ranch, your Pat, your Corey's, your Hayes, Carl, and all that, mm-hmm. only seven of them are actually classifying themselves as Texas country artists anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are Americana, uh, Roots Rock, like Reckless Kelly calls themselves, mm-hmm. you know, or just straight up country, they'll yeah. call themselves. Not a lot of them are even saying that. And I think because a lot of them, they're not ashamed of being from Texas in any matter or anything like that, but they're trying to get this music scene on a national level. Mm -hmm. I mean, how cool would it be if you're visiting Chicago and you flip through the station and there's your buddy playing on a regular radio station? I mean, that's what... Because you got to think about it. The more American Aquarium's playing in Chicago, the less Luke Bryan is playing there, too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you don't like that bro country stuff, then champion this stuff and spread the word about it. Yeah. That's important. Mm -hmm. But I I think that identifying some sort of conducive term that 
doesn't involve the word Texas may be something that that could be used when these bands tour outside of Texas. Because I think that I've been to a lot of places in my touring life, and you tell people you're from Texas, and they kind of roll their eyes at you, mm-hmm. and, and you just go, whoa. Like, they, they have some kind of weird stigma about it. But if you're playing that kind of music anyway and people are liking it, you can call it something that will become some sort of nationally conducive term because the word Americana, to me, doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Americana is just a melting pot mm-hmm. of, of everything from Jason Isbell to, to Sharon Jones mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. And they both released Amer- their records as Americana records, mm-hmm. so you can call it whatever you want at that point. And uh, I think Americana is a good way to put it, but I think that, there could be some more specific term for that sound because it is a very specific sound. When you hear mm-hmm. it, you know what it is. I've always described uh, our radio station to folks that don't understand what that is as an alternative country radio station. Yeah. And the question that I'll get is, well, what does that mean? And so the simple answer is, you remember when hair metal came out and rock and roll kind of got cheesy, there became alternative rock. Yeah. I said, when country music started getting cheesy, yeah. we've got alternative country. That's and they're what, like, got it. That makes perfect that makes, sense. And they, got, they understand that. They yeah. seem to understand that. It's, a, it's the easiest way for me to describe what our radio station is to people. Yeah. Because we do. We play Texas. We play Red Dirt. We play Americana. We play classic country. I mean, we got all this. We've got blues. We've got Delbert McClinton in mm-hmm. there, too. You know I mean? It's like... It's a melting pot of music, but it's alternative to what you're going to hear on a regular radio station. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing. And you guys have, have helped launch careers, I mean, even just out of this area. Just giving someone a platform, mm-hmm. hearing something that you go, okay, this is... This is something. This has to be heard. I want people to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have the you have the power to do that, and you and you kind of give someone a stepping stone to to kind of launch themselves off of, and that's a really cool and powerful thing that you guys get to do. I think it's really cool that you guys have the have the wherewithal. And the other side of that coin is that you guys are are also fans of the scene, mm-hmm. and you go out and Definitely. you support artists. So we, you and I hung out at, at Grady Spencer's show right. the other night because you're a fan of his, and you just are willing to go to the show. And I, that's, I think, equally as important uh, in terms of just having your having your finger on the pulse of what's actually happening in the scene that you're talking about you all have the time. to you have you to have absolutely to, absolutely have to i don't think that that happens everywhere I, you know it's for some people may treat it more like a job mm-hmm. and you you're given this list of artists and you love them while you while you're on the air and then you get off the air and you go home you don't think about it anymore mm-hmm. but but you guys up there i see ben ryan out all the time mm-hmm. he and i are great he's friends. a lush it's terrible we're gonna have an intervention with yeah yeah i understand i understand completely but i see him out and he's supporting and he's Mm -hmm. we're all friends and and everyone what you're supposed to do if you're gonna do this job yeah it really is and it makes what he's when he starts talking about something on the air it means more because i know that he's actually doing it Mm -hmm. i know that he actually knows what he's talking about exactly rather than being shouted down by you know some classic rock dj with a stripper announcer voice oh yeah yeah, yeah. and and to, uh, giving you some random fact about this band it's like you didn't know that fact you just you just read that off wikipedia yeah Stop you it. just googled it yeah i don't and then i'm supposed to act like you're the most knowledgeable guy like exactly I don't know. so i don't know so i've always appreciated that about you guys you're you're very true to, to who you are you know who you are as a station and each each show has has its own has its own thing its own personality it actually does i like that this radio station allows each dj to have their own personality and kind of let that out on their show yeah 
and I do that even as a, as a as the music director when I'm scheduling all these songs. These these DJs know, man. If you want to change something, change it up. Yeah. You know, make you know follow those requests that people want to hear. Don't get too crazy outside of the box. Sure. I don't really want to hear Guns and Roses played on this radio station. <laughs> right. But, I mean, and I'm a fan of Guns and Roses, but it's you know they they know make it who you are, yeah. and that's what's cool about it. Yeah. Well, that's a testament. Uh, going back to the eclectic nature of the of the of the genre mm-hmm. you know each of you has your own version of what it means to you mm-hmm. and that's and that keeps it interesting all day long that p- keeps people listening all day long what you like and what malone likes and what ben like mm-hmm. it's they're all slightly different and you're going to catch a different vibe on each show that's true i think that's what keeps people listening all day long i and hope so i i think so and that's that's really important to to being a powerful station and you guys really are uh, one of those sought after markets for, for up and coming people all over the state. You know, the, the Fort Worth ranch is, I can't imagine how many CDs you get. It's ridiculous. As a music director. Christmas time is my favorite time though. Cause I get a little break from that. Cause yeah. people like don't really release stuff during Christmas for right. some reason, which is awesome. Yeah. So I get like a little, well, cause I've had to go through a month of listening to Christmas music. Cause we did that 24 oh, hours yeah. of it. I love Christmas music, but man, after mm. a, full week of listening to it all day long i'm a little spent <laughs> yeah i, I can't five, it's rough. five minutes maybe two songs and i'm done with it well what you don't realize is christmas songs most of the lyrics are really freaking depressing They're there weird. are some really sad lyrics and like oh my gosh it's it's strange yeah they're all supposed very, to be a joyous holiday time they're all very old <laughs> the most of them are antiquated songs that make you sad <laughs> yeah I don't know. I write a lot of sad songs, but none of them are about Christmas. Yeah, so. see? So there you go. <laughs> it makes more sense. It's all Columbus Day songs. I understand. Yeah, and Boxing Day. Bo- well, yeah, because you're Canadian. Eh? I don't even know what Boxing Day is. I know that's not an American holiday, but I, I think it's a day it you're is. supposed to pack and move. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Why? Why is that I a holiday? It. Well, isn't it always? Moving is like a holiday. <laughs> I tell you what, especially when you do it in August like I seem to do every year. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's a bad time. Like, do it. They should never even allow you to sign year leases in August. No. It's like, you are not going to want to do this yeah. in a year. Wait, what month is it? Okay, you're going to get a year in four months. Yeah, because it's <laughs> not going to work for you. Throw you down in October. You'll yeah. be okay in October. <laughs> You'll die. Zach just moved. Zach Wilkerson. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've been playing keys for him since July. Oh, very cool. organ and guitar with him mm-hmm. on my little hiatus. And uh, he just moved from Amarillo uh, Monday. Really? Down to Killeen. Well, we got him close. He's closer. It's less of a drive for me to get the oh, van call. Yeah. Which oh, is nice. Oh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. That shouldn't even count. No, it shouldn't, but it but does. But it did. <laughs> but it does every week. But yeah, no, Colleen's a lot easier to do that. But well, good. I'm yeah, glad to see him. I am too. I'm excited to have him have him closer. I think he'll probably spend more time up here. His new album is unreal. It's man. great. It's so good. It's great. And the live show that we've got cooking on this record is is powerful i can't wait to check this out it's really fun uh i've been with him since july and we uh installed a new drummer maybe three two three months ago oh yeah and the four piece that we have now is is everyone's on the same page musically everyone's Mm -hmm. on the same page personally we all get along we all just really enjoy making music together Mm -hmm. which is 
which then translates into the show. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you got guys that hate each other, then you can see it. It's yeah. I've, I've seen that with bands. I've been like, in those bands yeah. where you, I was a part of that. Yeah, you're looking at each other, just going, "God, I hate everything about this I person." I punch you right in the face. Right yeah, now. yeah. But I got this solo. But yeah, let me just take the solo first. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, you. I definitely uh, am excited for for anyone and everyone to hear it. The record's doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt Wilkins production. Ah, you know, can't go wrong there. Touch of gold. Yeah. So Midas. Yeah, and it's, so I'm. I don't know. I'm excited. I, I really enjoy. It was an easy transition for me. I I didn't grow up doing country music. Mm-hmm. I grew up on a quarter horse ranch. Did you really? I did, but we never listened to country music. My mom is from L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, just outside of L.A., and my dad's from Beaumont. Oh, okay. And so he was really into, and still is into, uh, uh, like Delta Swampy Blues mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. which which I love. Yeah. I hold that very dearly. And my mom liked, you know, California stuff, Oakland Soul, and mm-hmm. Tower Power, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so that was what I grew up on, even though I was. You can hear that in your own music. I was, yeah. Well, I that's, hear that, yeah. That's, that's, that's you pretty see much. Where your influences were those from. Those are the yeah. two things that kind of made me what I am musically. But it was always funny because I. I I've said this before, just very tongue in cheek. Uh, but I, you see a lot of drugstore cowboys, you know, who grew up in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and then they put a cowboy hat on, some boots, and they want to act like they're country. And it's mm-hmm. like I, I have more credibility, country credibility, than these people do. Growing up on a horse ranch, <laughs> on a horse ranch, yeah. You know what I mean? And and then you see them faking it, and then you ask them about it. You ask them some question about horse tack or something, and they're they like, go, and what? they go, I don't know. What you that can't means. put a tack on a horse; it'd be what, too sharp. Yeah, and stick yeah. Em. I don't know what that means. And then they go, <laughs> you go, okay, good. Yeah, like that's what I needed to know. Your tag's still on your hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I needed to know about you, but. It's funny, but yeah, that's kind of my my amalgamation of music, uh, musical influences. My dad uh, play, has played guitar my whole life and his whole life, really, oh, yeah. since he was in high school. And uh, he was always into this, he's very steeped into that traditional blues, Albert King, mm-hmm. you know, old uh, swampy Delta blues style, mm-hmm. which I love. And so that was what I heard growing up all, all the time. And my dad jamming along and playing along. And so uh, I remember being about 11 or 12 years old. And I wanted to play with him. I wanted to play guitar. And he had a bunch of guitar. My dad uh, collected vintage uh, Fender amps. Oh, wow. Too. So we had like 10, like a wall of like 60s and early 70s vintage blackface Fender It's like a Grateful Dead concert, amps. just a wall of amps. Yeah, I plugged them all in a couple of times when he wasn't home. Did you do and, like the Back to the Future and turn the knob oh, and it blew you back? It was awesome. It was pretty cool. It's always awesome. <laughs> but uh, I remember I was asking him if he would show me how to play some guitar and my hands weren't big enough and I'm I'm blessed with tiny tiny man hands mm-hmm. so it took and he wouldn't let me he wouldn't let me play he didn't really want me to play them because he had nice equipment oh, wait, so yeah. that was his excuse to not <laughs> let me mess it up but uh, one one day he brought me a guitar home and I, I was playing piano and drums already by mm-hmm. then uh, with him but I wanted to play guitar because it's hard to rock out sitting at a piano uh, in my older age, I uh, enjoy sitting down on stage yeah, a lot more. It's nice, so I, isn't I, it? play, I play a lot more piano <laughs> than I used to. I'm getting the whole Elton John thing now. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is easy. So you see, this, is like, yeah. this is great. You get to sit down the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I have a hard time playing the keyboard standing up. I've tried it a few times. It's just, I don't look cool doing it. I don't look. I think only Jerry Lee Lewis could do that. Yeah. That was it, man. But yeah. he had that, like, hair that well you had the hair I, I had the hair you had the jerry lee lewis hair you could have kept that. i should have i didn't have the foresight where were you when i cut it I, that's true good I point i should have asked you probably out drinking somewhere watching a show <laughs> with ben ryan there you go <laughs> next time 
You'll, holding I'll, his hair. I'll shoot you a text. Yeah, holding his beard <laughs> while he... Oh, no, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. That was my musical upbringing, but I didn't... To All of that to say, I didn't get into country music uh, until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. I When I moved to Fort Worth about five years ago from uh, the Denton area mm-hmm. where I grew up, I uh, joined a classic country cover band. Really? And I was playing bass and singing harmonies, and I sang lead on a couple of tunes just for fun. It was like mm-hmm. a Monday, Tuesday night type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was me and uh, Big Mike, Brad Swigger, uh, from, uh, he played with the Bellamy Brothers yeah. on drums, uh, and Roger Ray oh, yeah. on pedal steel, and Nick Choate on, oh my on gosh, guitar. Oh my how fun. It was like a powerhouse group of people, of local people just wanting to play country music. And they hit me up. I don't know why they hit me up. There are tons of people who would have been better for that gig than me because I didn't know any of those songs because I didn't grow up on that genre yeah. of music. I knew who Garth Brooks was mm-hmm. uh, growing up because my mom was a huge fan of Garth Brooks mm-hmm. and I'm still a mega fan. I saw him when he was in Dallas last I year. I did too. That was one of the best shows I've ever it been to so in my incredible. life. I was at the very last one. He added two more. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was at like the ninth show he did in six days or something like that. And his voice blew out about halfway through. Mm-hmm. And he went down to take a break. And I probably got a shot of something, some steroid shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, his wife came out and sang about three songs. And then he came out and he was totally rejuvenated. Wow. <laughs> when he came back, I don't know what he did. Some kind of cryotherapy. <laughs> probably. Down there. Knowing him, he's got it all. <laughs> but man, that was an incredible show. I loved it so much. But that was kind of that and a couple of really traditional uh, you know, standard country tunes that I knew. Mm-hmm. So when I joined this band, they made a set list and everyone's we we had a little meeting of, of the minds for the set list and they're all going down like, Oh yeah, this tune. Yeah, definitely this tune. This one, like, this one. I don't I'm know going, this one. I don't, I don't know any, any of these. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, yeah, okay. And so I showed up to the first the rehearsal and I had this binder that I made with charts and it was like <laughs> literally every song in the set and they would go you don't know any of these tunes I said no but I got them all now I'm good none of this is rocket science like I studied music I can yeah. handle this this is fine just don't look at me for the first month while I'm reading <laughs> these charts yeah. yeah don't worry about me I'll get off of them eventually but it's funny and I remember I was really embarrassed by that because I live here and I, I feel like I should be steeped in that and at this point I am mm-hmm. but I uh, was really embarrassed. I remember we were about six months into this gig and I was off charts and everything was good. I sang, I have a really good Dwight Yoakam impression. Yeah. I sang two Dwight Yoakam songs. Nice. And it was so much fun playing bass uh, and singing Dwight Yoakam Did you songs. do the whole leg thing? I didn't, but I had the voice down You got to do bit. the leg thing. I've got, well, my pants aren't tight enough. They're tight, but they're not that tight. I don't tight. think those are technically pants that he wears. No, are they like jeggings? I think it's jeggings. Yeah. I think it really is. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam brand jeggings? <laughs> it is. Yeah, they sell them only in Bakersfield. <laughs> That's the only place you can get them. The, the Dwight Yoakam jeggings outlet in Bakersfield. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> we got to stop, Mildred. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so uh, they called out, uh, we had a guest sit in and do and, and play guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. He called out silver wings and that wasn't on our set list. Silver wings is like the most standard of standard yeah, country songs. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was cause it wasn't on our list. Oh, wow. And so the guy called it out and launched into it and I'm panicking cause he didn't give anyone a chance. He just assumed we're going to do it in this. Key. Everybody knows it. Yeah. yeah we're we going to do it in this key and I'm sitting next to Roger Ray and he starts laughing because he sees the look of panic <laughs> on my face. And so he's the whole time he's giving me these hand signals of like one, five, four. 
it's through the whole song and i got it eventually because it's not a difficult song so he's playing still and giving hand and signals giving me hand signals that's amazing that's how talented that guy is he's pretty talented he's unbelievable steel player it I was know. it made me sad that that he quit he obviously he did it for a good reason he's got a, a beautiful family mm-hmm. and, and a wonderful thing going on and mm-hmm. i don't i don't fault anyone for that but it made me sad when i i stopped seeing him around he moved back to oklahoma mm-hmm. and uh he and i used to hang out and, and we had some we had some good old times I don't know. There's a couple of uh, funny stories I'm thinking of that I don't know if he would appreciate me telling. He used to message me late at night when I was doing a late at night show. I'm like, man, thanks for the Adam Carroll or thanks for this artist yeah. that you played. You know, and I'd be like, dude, that's Roger Ray. Yeah. So great. Yeah. He's a legend. He plays steel like he's 75 years old, man. Like he's been doing it his whole life. Yeah. When he was a kid. It's pretty incredible to watch. And he's a phenomenal guitar player yeah, well, as yeah. well. I mean, he does both. But that instrument, uh, my roommate, uh, Hank, plays mm-hmm. pedal steel for turnpike yeah and so he uh has pedal steels set up in the house a lot mm-hmm. to practice to and practice. he gives lessons and does that kind of stuff I mean, he's a great pedal steel player uh as well and uh, i sat down at it one day and had him kind of show me some stuff and it's that's the most complicated instrument it's I've like ever six seen instruments in at one time it feels it's like it's absolutely insane mm-hmm. it's i feel like i'm trying to fly a helicopter when I'm playing that thing, you've got both your feet going, mm-hmm. both your hands going, and your knees going in and out, mm-hmm. and you've got ten strings, sometimes twenty of yeah. two necks. Like I had no clue. You have to. It just has to become so second nature to do it like that. I can't imagine. I can't either. I tried to do it a handful of times, and I just went, "This isn't gonna work at this all." This is insane. <laughs> I know. There's no way this is gonna work. And uh, it's it's interesting, but he's got. He makes these little. He plays with the raised right men as well mm-hmm. on Wednesdays in mm-hmm. Magnolia. And uh, they're great in their own, you know, they're that classic country stuff. They, oh, yeah. They're the, like, they kill it. They do it like the record, just like you want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll see him kind of working on a tune, and he'll, he makes these charts for the pedal steel. And I can read sheet music and write sheet music for several different instruments, and I've, I've done it with that big band that I had. Mm-hmm. I did uh, most of the composition for that band. And uh, so I feel like I'm well-versed in music And in then you general. see these... And yeah, Steel charts. And I was looking at them and I was going, this doesn't mean anything. It's like hieroglyphics. Yeah, because there's notations for the bends and the foot pedals for the bends wow. and then the knees and then there's 10 strings and there's not really frets. This like the play. It's really well, strange. Yeah. It's a really strange. <laughs> I can talk about it for another 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that all I come back around to is it's just weird. And it okay. blew my mind. And I just went, you know what? You, just, you do this. I'm not going to do this. You're obviously pretty good at this. Just, have at it. You you handle it. Yeah, you can have the sessions. I don't need them. I was going to do it. There was a time uh, when I was playing with Choke Country specifically mm-hmm. where I was getting really into country music, and mm-hmm. I started doing a lot of sessions uh, for people, for people's records. Yeah. And uh, I was faking the funk uh, aggressively mm-hmm. with my guitar playing because I didn't really know how to do that. And I started really studying guys like Pete Anderson from mm-hmm. Dwight Yoakam's mm-hmm. band, who I... I love his style. It's minimalistic, but extremely tasteful. And then you've got your Brent Masons and, and your guys like that, Jason Lerma and guys like that, and uh, who are blindingly fast, and it's not even fair. Yeah. Uh, there's a lick in uh, uh, Alan Jackson's, uh, what is it, Chattahoochee? Oh, yeah. And it's just Brent Mason is just annihilates that whole record, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. But there's a lick. Guitar players, I don't know how much if you've ever played the guitar or any of that kind of stuff as a soloist, but we the, you have a, a term called throwaway licks, mm-hmm. which for the, for people listening, a throwaway lick would be like at the end of a solo 
kind of as the verse is coming back in, you just kind of do a thing to tail off. Mm-hmm. And it's usually it's something that's second nature. It's not really thought out. Brent Mason's throwaway licks are better than anything I've ever come up with on the guitar my entire life. And he <laughs> does <unreal>. one. <laughs> he does one. It's disgusting to watch. He does one in in uh, that song specifically at the end of his solo, mm-hmm. the one solo he takes. Uh, and it's as Alan Jackson starts singing and the guy and the engineer's kind of fading it out yeah. as he does this tail off little thing. And every like that's the only part I want to listen to. Like turn that back up. I've put it on yeah. I've put those three seconds of guitar on repeat. Just to hear that. Just to hear this little double stop thing that he does. And I can't do it. I can't figure it out. And it just makes me so crazy. So I spent some time uh, trying to learn how to do more of that country style, learn how to hybrid pick mm-hmm. using my fingers in the pick mm-hmm. and doing the rolls and all that stuff. And and then I went, I, I just got to a point where I kind of reached the maximum of my facility of doing that. And I couldn't but really get it. I couldn't really get any better. And I was trying and I just went, there are guys out there that are way better at this. I should focus my efforts elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I did. And if people hire me, I go, okay, look, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. Decide if you want me or not. It's not going to hurt my feelings. If you want this, I'll. I know people that I'm can all do over this. this yeah. yeah. If you want this, I can do this. Great. If you want this, I'll give you a phone number of a guy that can do it. I got a phone call from uh, uh, Mike McClure up in up in Oklahoma yeah. for a session on keyboard. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm an organ player, mm-hmm. not so much of a piano player. Mm-hmm. I can I can do the piano and 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 the comping and that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, for myself, like a solo thing, like I could sit down at a piano and play all kinds of songs and sing fine, but not for somebody I'm else. Not, well, I'm not much of a piano soloist. I got you. In terms of, I've been playing blues for so long that the organ style yeah. was when I grew up playing. That's what I played, mm-hmm. and so the organ style is a completely different thing because mm-hmm. you've got the draw bars, you've got the the rotary speaker, you've got this big loud sound where. If you hit it and hold on to it, it doesn't go away. Yes. If you hit a piano, it decays Pink. and it goes away. That's it. And so you can kind of mold. You can hit three notes and hold them and mess with the draw bars and mm-hmm. stop and start the Leslie cabinet for a solo. You don't even have to play anything, really. So it's a totally different thing there. And I got a phone call from the Boo Hatch studio up there, and they go, uh, yeah, we've got this session, and we had uh, uh, John Moreland booked to play keys, but he, he can't do it anymore. And uh, we're, and uh, we, we got your phone number from Zach. And wondering if you'd come up here and do it. And I said, first of all, uh, you had John Moreland booked? They said, yeah, we just needed some of that like honky-tonk like parlor keyboard. I said, and you're calling me? And now you're calling me. You're calling me? Like John Moreland's like the guy to do that, and you're calling me? And I said, uh, if you, like, that's not, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, I was, they said, when can you when can you come up? We like we got your number from Zach. He said you could do it. When can you be here? And I had <laughs> to be Zach. like, I had to be like, uh, never. I'm not gonna come do that. I would go up there and waste your time for two hours. You would know within five minutes that I can't. That I do can't this. do that. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny. And I, I and I, I left it. I left the conversation with, uh, you know, just make sure you call me if you ever need any like guitar playing yeah i'm <laughs> or, good at that i can do that <laughs> yeah or some kind of organ stuff and i he's never called me again <laughs> i'm sure he won't that's like mike i love talking to mike i'll talk to him every now and then i'll be like so you produced anybody any uh you know any good stuff lately you know man just stuff that pays the rent i'm like all right i'm not even gonna bug you about it <laughs> you know that's, but, a, that's code yeah because when he tells me that he's produced somebody cool and he specifically names them i'll know i gotta find this band yeah i'll send yeah. it to you he's man. got his his fingers in a lot of uh different honey jars he does up there he does i uh, he did uh caitlin butt's record i yeah. didn't know that yeah i didn't know that until fairly recently mm-hmm. someone told me that 
It's a great record. He does a lot of good stuff. Yeah. He really does. And it's, yeah, it's like all these different kinds of sounds of genres. I mean, I don't even know how to explain what he does. Yeah. But he always seems to nail it every time. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's really good about not pigeonholing himself. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. His, his musical tastes are very eclectic. I don't know him personally very well, uh, but I, I know a lot about him from just being in circles that he's in. And I know that he's, he, he doesn't limit himself to anything. He's mm-hmm. open to anything. And yeah, he is. You, and you have to be that way. You know, you, especially, you know, if you're going to call yourself a producer and have a studio, you mm-hmm. have to be ready for whatever's coming in there and not go, this is what I do. Come to me. If you want that, mm-hmm. so you won't get a lot of work that way. Not much at all. Yeah. So I, there are, studios that are like that and then they wonder why no one goes and you go well the music scene's dying That's yeah what tell yeah. People, yeah and like, i no. go, well, i just don't want to sound like that mm-hmm. you know i want to sound like me like me yeah mm-hmm. and i have my own version of that that's why i put the studio together in here i've got all these instruments and this, i've got a, a a closet full of microphones and stuff and that's why i did it is mm-hmm. is I, I got tired i make demos all the time and, mm-hmm. and i help people out with stuff and I have my own version of that. As a producer, you know, I have my own version of what I think stuff should sound like. Mm-hmm. And I got to a point where I went, well, I'm not going to spend a bunch of money to go in somewhere and argue with people about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to just be able to do it myself. So I got everything I needed. And, you know, I'm not making records in here, but I'm making, I'm being creative. Putting the, putting it together to make a record. Yeah. Though. yeah. And, and that's where it really comes together because once you have the pre-production done, you don't need to worry about it. All you need to worry about at that point is just getting the right sounds. Mm-hmm. But everything else is in place. Mm-hmm. The artistic creativity. I've never been, well, for mostly for monetary reasons, but I've never yeah. been the person who goes to the studio and writes songs as we're recording them. Mm-hmm. Because that costs a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And then you're having to fight with whoever's around you and the engineer and the producer and, and it's very stifling to your creativity. But I can come in this room by myself. I have this keyboard here that I can I can do all my samples on. Mm-hmm. And I've, I can, you know, in a, in a rush, I can make drums, bass, keys, everything on this keyboard. And I can just sit here and do this for an hour and have a complete song. Yeah. I have this microphone here. I can sing and do harmonies. And then I've got a f- full demo mm-hmm. if I want to. And But, but there's, no, there's no one telling me, hey, we should take a break. Because when I get in the studio... This has happened multiple times. I've done five records now mm-hmm. for myself, uh, most of which will never see the light of day ever again because I pulled them because they're terrible. <laughs> but <clears throat> old records. But uh, I get in the studio and I've always been this way, but I want to work. I'll go 12 hours without stopping well, yeah. if anyone will let me. Most of the time that people won't do that They'll with They'll start me. complaining. You know? Yeah, like we need to eat. Like what are you doing? You but, ate yesterday. Yeah. A you eat every day. I know. What is this? I don't know. That's how I felt about when I got my dog. I was like, what? You got to eat every day? Every day? day? It's crazy. I had no idea what I was getting into. But that's like, I, and I want to do that. I get this fever when I'm in the middle of creating mm-hmm. music where I just... Oh, what about that? And then this, and then that. And the best the best recording experiences that I've ever had in the studio have been with engineers who I don't have to wait on. Because I'll go, hey, I have this idea, I want to try this. And they'll go, great. And I'll be setting up what I want to do. They'll be micing it up. And by the time I'm ready, they're ready, and we go. And then that's it. And that yeah. is 
unbelievably conducive to creativity. And that's what you can do in here, basically. Too. And I can, yeah. yeah and I'm, I, if I'm waiting, I'm only waiting on myself, and that's not frustrating. Me. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're making a, an annoying sound; it's not annoying to you, but it's annoying to everyone else. I have that's never kinda, known that. No, that's kind of you ever, <laughs> ever bother people on purpose? Because that's kind of all the time. That's kind of my thing for sure. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I go on the radio four hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but that's the reason. The whole reason I put this together is to do that. And I'm actually, I've, I've I've been uh, messing around with a couple of uh, things, projects for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on a song for Skyler. Yeah. Uh, he's got this tune called uh, Before You Said Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Skyler Payne, for people listening. Uh, and he's a local guy. He doesn't have any records out. He doesn't have any music out or a website or anything like that. He's just kind of getting started and mm-hmm. getting his thing going. And uh, he's I've watched him develop into himself for the past year or two Mm -hmm. and i think that he's really really talented he hasn't been given a lot of opportunity in the scene uh i'm actually playing with him tonight at whiskey girl oh cool uh, for the acoustic thing with uh someone else that i don't know who they are and i didn't mean for that to sound as rude as it did (laughs) (laughs) you said it wait i didn't mean it like that (laughs) i didn't know i I just just don't remember who it is i'm just stating a fact uh <laughs> and uh, but yeah, we're, I'm, so he's got this this song called "Before You Said Goodbye," and mm-hmm. he wrote it about a breakup. And it's and I I'm aware of the backstory, so mm-hmm. the song has way more meaning at that point, and and it's so good. The whole the song is so good. And uh, I went to him and I said, "Are you going to record a record?" And he said, "Well, I don't have any money, mm-hmm. as is the case for all for of us. a lot of artists. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have the means to do that right now. I'm working on that. Whatever." And I said, well, here's, here's, I want to produce your record, number one. Number two, that song needs to be a single, like right now. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've got this studio in my house and I will do it. And I'm doing it for free and I'm mm-hmm. doing it because he needs it. Mm-hmm. He does. He does. And that song specifically, every time I hear it, it moves me every time, the same amount. And that's special. That you don't it, yeah. get that a lot. And that may not mean the same thing to somebody else that it means to me. But for some reason, I hear that song and I just I, I want to shout it from the rooftops for people to hear this tune. I think it's a, insanely important that people hear this song. I remember seeing a video Skylar did, man, and it's maybe been two years ago, like at the Capitol Bar and he mm-hmm. just out there recording him in a microphone. Mm-hmm. Nobody was even there yet. And I knew then this kid has something. Man. He does. He's got something cool about him. He's yeah. got that it factor. Yeah. He's, he's got just, a, he just got to get it out there. That's yeah. the thing. That's yeah. yeah. That's the thing. He, he hasn't been uh, afforded a platform to really do that yet. And, mm-hmm. and his time will come for sure. But my, my whole point is, was that I just, this song just moves me mm-hmm. and I need to share that with people. And so I, I recorded, he came over here and I recorded him doing uh, an acoustic version you know, to a click and, mm-hmm. and we, uh, and I just built a song around it. I did everything else. I had a drummer come in and play on this drum kit, mm-hmm. play the, the whole tune. So it wasn't sampled drums. Mm-hmm. And then I did everything else in, uh, in here. I did bass and keys and, oh, and strings and I, I redid the guitar. Like, I can't wait to hear this now. I, uh, I'll play it for you before you leave. And, yeah. uh, uh, it's not master anything and I'm waiting on Brooke Wallace going to come do some fiddle oh, stuff cool. on it. And that's going to be the cherry on top mm-hmm. of it. But this song is so good. And I just, I don't know. And that was, I'd never considered doing anything in this studio that, that was going to be ideally put out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This was, this was more of like a, a demo studio. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Creative den yeah. for me. So I'm not 
I can get up if I have an idea at four in the morning. I can come in here, fire this computer up, and go right mm-hmm. then. I don't have to book studio time and pay five hundred bucks for a day or whatever. And uh, and then he he said that, and I started thinking, well, I've got these mics, I've got this, I've got that. Why can't I do it? Yeah. You know, people make records in in Logic. That's a real, that's a legitimate recording software, mm-hmm. second to Pro Tools. So mm-hmm. you know, I went, well, why can't I do it? You know, so I did, and and I think it sounds really good. So I'll play it for you before you leave. Yeah, but I want to hear it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the prospect of of him having something out mm-hmm. because he really needs it. And I think uh, you know those those Sunday shows would be a good introduction to mm-hmm. it. You know where where you guys are kind of playing stuff weekly and just going, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good addition to that. And I I just think he needs it. You know, people know who he is. Oh yeah. And it's because it's a testament to to people who have seen him and they and they, he turns their head. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line. Like you just said, he has this this thing this this uncategorized thing where people are drawn to him. He's got a unique voice. Got a look. You know, and he's coming into himself. He's getting mm-hmm. comfortable he's on stage. He's figuring out who he yeah. is, and that's one of the most important things for an artist to do. It really is. Yeah. Not not trying to sound like somebody else, right. just being who you are. Right. And getting over the nerves and mm-hmm. getting over that initial, okay, people are coming out now mm-hmm. to see me. I'm not playing to empty bars. I'm not playing to, to crowds of people who are annoyed by me being there. Mm-hmm. So it's an it's been fun to watch. I, he's come a really long way. In a, a relatively short amount of time, it really has, and uh, it's fun to watch. And, and doing it without an album out is almost impossible. To get your yeah. name even recognized at all without an album is virtually impossible in this scene because there's yeah. so many bands out there's there. There's a ton, and and even even more just singer songwriters mm-hmm. that don't have bands that are just showing up everywhere mm-hmm. and popping up. And this scene as as a whole is is flourishing right now. Mm-hmm. It's a very fertile time for Fort Worth uh, in all genres of music. It's really fun. It's really fun to watch and be, you know, one of the one of the people I, I can. I don't consider myself a veteran in that. I didn't grow up in Fort Worth, but I grew up in DFW, and I spent yeah. most of my musical career since I did it full time has been based out of here. Mm-hmm. And so I consider myself one of those people to the younger people, and it's just been really fun to watch. Uh, Jackie Darlene's another one. Mm-hmm. She's coming. She came out of the woodwork and has is kind of taken over. She's she got, lived in the woods. Well, I mean, Weird. proverbially, like with the wolves and yeah, bears. She was like Mowgli, like a female Mowgli. <laughs> Mowgli, Mo- 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 Mogwai or whatever. I yeah. don't know. No Mogwai. That was a gremlin. Never mind. Mowgli from the Jungle Book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just watched the live. I just tried to make you uncomfortable. Did I it just, work? No, it didn't work. Dang. I'm. I'm you and I are, are on the same page. That's true. We'll uh we'll go in circles on that on that front. <laughs> um where was I going with that? Oh, I watched the oh, live yeah. action jungle book. Have you seen it? Yes. Do you have kids? Yes. Are they young kids? Three that I know of. All yeah. right. That's good. No, my oldest just turned eighteen. Wow. Yeah. Fixing to go to college. How freaky is Congratulations. that? Congratulations. I know, and I'm like twenty five years old. I look really good. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Yeah. You look very Old for twenty five, young for whatever. <laughs> well, you don't look twenty five. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You have your oldest is eighteen. Mm-hmm. How old are the other ones? Uh, fourteen and twelve. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're all girls. It's not that fantastic. It's frightening. <laughs> frightening is a good word for it. Dad has to always be on guard. Yeah, do they live around here? Uh, Mansfield. Okay. Yeah, is that where you live? No, I live in Willow Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which I wouldn't wish I hadn't have said over the air. Yeah. Woodland <laughs> area. Woodland hills. Yeah. yeah. Hills. Yeah. That's where Winnie the Pooh lives, isn't it? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> we went into Simon and Garfunkel all of a sudden. Yeah. 
I don't know. But I, uh, I don't know. Jungle Book. Where were we? Where were we in this conversation? I don't remember. I have no idea. But that was a good movie. That was a good movie. Great book the live, to read. The live action version was good. Talking animals. I'm a fan of. It's crazy how realistic that stuff's starting to look. Yeah, yeah. I got out of the video game world years ago mm-hmm. because I was too. I was too doing it too much. Too was, old. Well, no. I was just spending too much time. Oh on it. yeah. I was one of those dudes that was on Halo until six in the morning. Oh man. Every, like playing online, yelling at twelve year olds. Calling them who deserves it. I mean, let's names. be honest. Yeah, I mean, they, they gotta grow up sometime. They need to know. Yeah, these this wo- is the way the world is. Here's my vocabulary. <laughs> Here's all the words I know, and I'm gonna teach <laughs> yeah, them. To you, you need to know. <laughs> 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 so that's where they get their education from. Exactly. But I was one of those people, and I would do it. And I was working as a bartender, so I'd get home at two or three mm-hmm. every night, and then I'd get on and play Halo until eight or nine in the morning. And then I'd get a little bit of sleep, and I'd get up and go to work. And go was, do it. That again. was my yeah. life for wow. like a, for like a year, and then it's I a hard life. It was tough. It was tough. A lot of pizza rolls going in. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, but I gave up on it around then, and uh, the graphics. I see video games. My roommate will play. He's mm-hmm. got a PlayStation, a new one, and he'll play. And I'll just go. What are you watching a movie? What is this? What is this? It's crazy to see. I actually a couple of years ago, I had a, a full a three day weekend off, which at the time I was playing constantly. So mm-hmm. having a full weekend off was like a vacation for me. Right. So I locked myself in my apartment at the time. I went to Walmart and I bought an Xbox mm-hmm. and I bought the newest Halo game that had just come out mm-hmm. and I bought an Xbox Xbox Live subscription mm-hmm. for three days. I played Halo for like 15 hours a day Wow! for three days. I took, Get it out of your system. I got it out. <laughs> I took the Xbox back to Walmart <laughs> this on doesn't Monday work. <laughs> and I told them, she asked me why and I said, well, it was my birthday recently, which it wasn't. It was my birthday recently, and uh, I bought this for myself, but my parents also bought me one, so you need to take this one back. Yeah. And they were like, awesome. Here's awesome. your money. Gave me my $300 back. That's so cool. And so I had a weekend. I once took them. an amp back to uh, Walmart, and they didn't sell the amp anymore, <laughs> and they still gave me money for Did it. Did they really? It was awesome. That's yeah. incredible. Rodney, it, it took them forever to look it up. Yeah, that old bit. <laughs> Rodney the, Carrington's got yeah. the bit about the diapers. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go get you some new ones. <laughs> yeah. diapers already got shit in them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're real sorry about that. <laughs> we're real sorry. But yeah, it was, uh, that was so weird. Uh, I miss Rodney Carrington. What happened to him? Is he still touring? He probably got in jail, I'm sure, somehow. I know. He offended somebody. He's not very politically correct. He's not. I appreciate that. But um, not many people appreciate that anymore. No. That's, the thing. That's like the hardest part of my job is to be politically correct and not cuss on the air. I can imagine. I have to like give myself a little chant, a little mantra. Don't cuss, don't cuss, Yeah. Don't cuss. Here we go. You haven't cussed on the podcast not yet. Not once. See, you, uh, I, see there's, I got, have headphones and a microphone, and that's what happens. Yeah. Like, you, unless I'm at like a festival and I've been drinking all day, <laughs> there's no telling what's going to come out of my mouth, and I never know. Yeah. You switch the radio voices on. You have a really good voice for radio. By the way, great face for radio too, from what I'm told. Hey, yeah. I'm not going to comment on that. What's up? But you have a very strong, uh, a very resonant voice for radio. That's a that's a problem though, even in real life, because 
like right now, I'm whispering to you. That's basically, yeah. I cannot talk quiet. Yeah. And like, no matter who I'm with, they're like, hey, you're being really loud. <laughs> oh, am I? Thanks. Sorry. Sorry. I'm you're talking t- about that guy behind us and he can hear you. <laughs> yeah. He's rolling up his sleeves. And it's very identifiable. I imagine, do you ever get recognized just based on your voice? Yeah. It's kind of a very it, unique it's voice. It's so weird to me still. It really is. It's very humbling. Yeah. Like people would take time out of their day to listen to me. Yeah. Doing nothing, really. Sitting well, down and pushing buttons. You deserve it. You've built it into something that's really special, and you deserve that. So you're, you, It has you, been a lot of work. But. Your humility is refreshing but unnecessary in this setting because I uh, had you on because you are somebody that, that I look up to as a, as a media person. Well, not, thank you, Not man. only because you've helped me out and I want to cultivate and continue our relationship, mm-hmm. but I really admire what you've done. You've taken something and really turned it into something big and real and that's that's a that's a no small feat so if people are taking their time to listen to you it's not surprising because it's uh it's worth listening to been very lucky in my life i really have yeah seemed like to recently just been in the right spot yeah well that's that's more than half of the game there. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's just being present and uh, and open to opportunity. And awake, yeah. That's yeah. which is new for me. It's great. <laughs> awake, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> I woke up. I had to set my alarm for eleven fifteen for you to be here at noon. So I understand. I'm in the middle. Why of, do you think I pushed this back at noon? He wanted <laughs> yeah. eleven. I'm like, man, can we yeah. make it like noon? Well, I said eleven because I wasn't sure what time you needed to be gone, and I wanted to make sure we got a couple of hours. I'm in. on the air at three. Yeah, well, I, I knew that. I, I leave my house about two. Yeah, and so it takes me about 30 minutes to get there yeah and then i lollygag up to the radio station (laughs) it takes me 10 minutes to walk up two blocks so you don't have to come in and do pre-show production or any of that you can just show up and start what's cool is the way technology is now i do all my music scheduling like because i schedule all the music for the ranch so all my music scheduling and all that stuff i can do in bed on a laptop okay which is awesome so when you say music scheduling, what do you mean exactly by that? It's I know that it's not the same set list of songs from midnight to midnight. Are you changing them daily? Yes, every day. Every day. Every day, even song, on Christmas. Yes. Song list for the day. Every single day, it's changes. different. Yeah, that's incredible. And I and I try to make sure that I don't repeat artists during you know each DJ shift, sure. so the whole show sounds like a full show. Uh huh. You know, because you, you listen to radio stations and like. You get out, you hear a song, and you get out of your car, and you go eat at McDonald's, and you come back in, and that song's back on again. It's or like, on a different station. It's like, or... man, that was that song was on forty five minutes ago. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 probably that's a lot. Try of work. to keep it fresh, and that's I think that's the reason one of the reasons that people will listen to us all day long. Yeah. Because they don't hear that same thing over and over and yeah. over again. Absolutely. So are you doing it like twenty four hours in advance? Or are you? Yes. Just, yes. Yes. So you like so like today I did Thursday's log. Okay. Yeah. So wow. I'm, yeah. That's incredible. How long does that take to do that? Seems like that would be a lengthy process. It's a couple of hours usually. Yeah. But I, I've, I've gotten it down to where I can do it a little faster now. So you th- and the, the thing is, is you have to be able to s- sit there and look at that list of songs and know what that song sounds like. Each right. one. Okay, this is fast. This is fast. I don't want three slow songs in a row, so I need right. to shift that up a little bit. Right. Because you don't want to bore them to death. Right. And then it's so cool to have that really emotional powerful song and then a quick liner and then something fast you know because then it just it makes your heart go crazy yeah that's what we want that's a fantastic way of going about it that i can equate directly to creating a set list yeah exactly you have to it has to be that way you have to be very mindful Mm -hmm. of your tempos leading in Mm -hmm. and out 
and how long you wait between songs and 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 talking and things it's like very that. similar yeah exactly. that's and that makes a whole lot of sense i didn't know you did it daily that's mm-hmm. a pretty incredible part of your job that you probably I love. Don't always enjoy. No, actually, I do. do I really? love it. Yeah, that, it's yeah. so neat because you're basically creating something every day. Is yeah, what I feel like that's that's really cool. I'm using other people's art to do it, but I'm creating sure. something. Well, you're creating it uh, if you know for in the same way that a, a DJ, like a live DJ, creates a set. Mm-hmm. You know, blending songs together to mm-hmm. keep people on the dance floor. It's the mm-hmm. exact same thing and, and set lists. I've worked that. in bars before. Yeah, having to do that. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, that probably helped a lot. Then towards this, mm-hmm. what uh, what other things like that? I didn't know that that was a thing that you did. What other things that are like that do you have to do that to prepare or to be? What what other I guess what other tasks come along with being a music director? Uh, listening to everything that I get in. Do and you listen to all of them? I listen to the entire album too, because sometimes, man, like an album, the very last song is the one that we're gonna play. Right. I can go through ten songs that just suck. Right. Or you know, personally, and I'm yeah. thinking our listeners are gonna hate this. Yeah. And then song number eleven is like, whoa. Yeah. And then that's when you realize that guy's got something. And then a lot of times. Uh, I can't play that song yet because they're not quite big enough for our format, you know, to be like a Sunday, which is kind of a launching pad that we use, but I'll hold on to it, you know, and just wait. And then once that artist gets big, we go back and dig into those albums and I've got that song marked on that album. Like, I wish I could have played this for you three years ago, but (laughs) here it is now, you know? Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's a very thoughtful way to go about it. You're not just regurgitating what you're being told to regurgitate. Right. That's, I, that's important. And I, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of you guys are really doing something special. Mm-hmm. You're, you're creating a scene. You're helping to create a scene and cultivate a scene. And that's just so important. Well, it's our management is cool to let us do that. You know, Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I've worked for radio stations where they've said, I worked at a radio station that one I worked for in Weatherford when Larry Joe Taylor came in before he was there, before we got to kind of do our own thing. Mm -hmm. The owner had put songs on index cards in a box. Mm. So when you were playing, you played that song. And once you were done, you put it at the end of the box. And the next song, you picked it up and you put it at, yeah, I mean, it was, it was horrible. But it was radio was something I wanted to do and I knew I had a future. Sure. And so sometimes you have to do crap like that just to get through the day. But, I imagine doing things like that, you learn about who you are mm-hmm. and, and how you'd like to do it if you mm-hmm. were ever afforded the opportunity that exactly. you have now. Yeah. Go, I don't want to do this. I did this and it didn't work and I didn't like it. Yeah. We're and not it just, do this. it felt stale. Yeah. It really, really did. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing, you weren't, you weren't doing anything but pushing play. That's right. all you were doing. Yeah. There's no, I mean, what's the point? You right. might as well just be a satellite then. Right. Right. It's an interesting, it's probably a really fickle market and job to to find that that goldilocks zone that you guys have found yeah. too because there have been a lot of stations that have come and gone that have tried to do that and they didn't figure it out like mm-hmm. you guys figured it out uh and that's really neat that's really neat I, I i it blows my mind that that radio can still be a market where you discover new artists where if exactly if i don't know who the new Texas music guy is I'm going to turn the ranch on and listen for an hour and mm-hmm. I'm going to find somebody I didn't know mm-hmm. about and that's such a cool thing I, I don't listen I listen to the ticket mm-hmm. and I listen to the ranch and that's pretty much it for me in terms of that and and I, I I'll always hear things that I that go oh, who's that and I look them up and I'll go great there's another person that I have to listen to so mm-hmm. I, it's really important it's really cool that you guys do that not a lot of people are willing we're, to do that uh, we're just very lucky we get to really yeah. are so you said earlier that you listen to every record that comes in mm-hmm. 
that probably takes up a it, lot of your time. Yeah, and even when you know by looking at the album what it's going to be. Yeah. But you just you have to do it, you sure. know. I'm blessed to have this job. I might as well do it to my fullest ability. Sure. Yeah. That's uh I imagine that takes up a ton of your time. It really does. <clears throat> a lot of my driving is listening to new albums. <laughs> yeah. Getting about a minute in and going, "Okay." Yeah, like <laughs> next song. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what yeah. this one is. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Do you ever get people um, submit something and then kind of get upset that you didn't play it. Oh yeah, and say mean things. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I get that a lot. I get a lot. Uh, my favorite is when they say, uh, you know, well he wouldn't play it because I didn't pay him. Right. I'm like, dude, I had my car repossessed once on my birthday just to have this job. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Like no. Yeah. No. It, yeah, it's way. pretty insulting. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I being being a person who who has never done that kind of stuff before, I, which I've done, you know, paying promoters and paying for those mm-hmm. people, I guess, mm-hmm. when you've never done that, I think that's where they think the money's going in mm-hmm. your pocket. They're call they're sending you a check and and going, "Okay, play this 5 times a day." When it's that's not at all how it works. A lot of promoters do not like me cuz I do not talk to them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I love most of them to death, but yeah. a promoter cannot tell me if a song is good. Yeah, I can hear it and I know if a song is good. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, you're definitely in the minority of of people who are willing to open their open their minds and listen to things. Maybe so, maybe I, so. I think that formula has worked like that for so long because that's just it makes your job easier if you're mm-hmm. not the type of person that enjoys your job, and you're just it's easier for for if I'm a DJ and I just want people to tell me what's good or I have a rapport with this guy this promoter and they just go play this this is good I'll go great and I'll just play it well so many of them just look most DJs just look at the charts Mm -hmm. and unfortunately the charts will not show success whatsoever right I've seen so many artists with number ones that you go to their show and there's four people there right like wow what happened it just becomes a big echo chamber Mm -hmm. of that's good that's number five okay I'm gonna play that yeah. That's number 15, I'm going to play that. That's what happens, yeah. and then you hear these songs, and you're like, how is that number five? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah. Where are these people at? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I wonder that at my shows a lot. Where, Where is everybody? Where is these people at? <laughs> where is everybody? Where, I thought, they're all at Skylar Payne shows. What's going on apparently. now? <laughs> well, they better come out tonight. Tonight, yes. <laughs> nice commercial right there. Yeah, yeah. Just only for the nine people that are watching on Facebook Live. Mm. I'm on here. There's probably going to be ten. Hey, it's going to happen. That's why well, I just went on. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got mad just now. So, do you guys have anything uh, in the future for for the station? Any kind of new stuff going on, or, or what? What kind of stuff do you have going on? Yeah, we've got some some pretty big stuff coming on that I'm not really allowed to talk about. Sure, yet, but some that's very exciting, exciting stuff's going to happen for us in 2017. Yeah, and I think it's going to open up some people's minds a lot. Good, which I'm really excited to get to do. Yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about what we've done at the ranch is we've continued to open up like even our playlist and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and introduce all these brand new artists that are outside of our local scene or mm-hmm. Texas red dirt scene even. And people are really taken to that. And that, man, that makes me so proud to see folks that just love this music. And a lot of them are starting to not care where it comes from. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I you, love that. You guys are doing a lot of work to break those walls down. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said earlier, don't, if 
let them decide whether it, they like it before they know where it's from. Exactly, because folks it, don't know what they want, what they like until they hear it. Exactly. I mean, you yeah. Let's do it once. Yeah. If you're a huge George Strait fan, you didn't know you liked him until the first time you heard him. Yeah, yeah. And you could, you can be. Human nature is so strange in that you can be convinced otherwise mm. ahead of time. Exactly. If I say, here's this, if you say, here's this artist out of Nashville. He's great. And they're a mod, they probably turn out. it off. Yeah. Tuned out instantly. Yeah. It's crazy. I had that same experience. I did the blues stuff I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was touring on this circuit, playing festivals and doing really well. But there's a very aggressive glass ceiling in that market. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get into the clubs I wanted to get into because that's how we were marketing ourselves. And the minute, and I'm talking about the day that I stopped using the word blues, mm-hmm. the day I stopped doing it, I got. 100 gigs no wild how that happens it's incredible i just it's start just, I, we started calling it southern soul which mm-hmm. i still use that term which is i think a it's very just, yeah it's very good it's a term bro- for you it's a broad term mm-hmm. you know that's not really a thing that people have heard of so they have to think about it for a second kind of like americana it's mm-hmm. a very broad term <clears throat> and uh the day i stopped using the word blues people started no, buying it so and we would crazy. go in and we would play the same set you can use we've the been same playing set list from a year ago. Same even, tunes if that we've been playing. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that they would have hated if they had booked us, uh, you know, against their will. That's nah, just a blues band. Yeah, and they wouldn't have marketed or whatever. And then we call it this, and then they, it's the same set, and they love it. It's such a strange thing. People people can be convinced of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and I I find that I find human nature like that to be fascinating because there's a lot of aspects of of being on stage where you're you're being a, a psychologist mm-hmm. to people. You're trying to, the music is, it speaks for 49% of the show. The rest, the other 51% of the show to me is, is being entertaining mm-hmm. and putting on a, 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 putting on a show that people are going to want to see again yeah. and things like that in that, in that most people are not musicians, but a very large 99% of the population don't really know a, what how to play music yeah, how, to, how play, to even create that sound how usually, to play yeah. guitar and mm-hmm. how to sing and they you know they don't concern themselves with that and they don't need to and that's there's nothing wrong with that because it doesn't matter yeah they have their own life and their own job and their own things that they like my job is to take their mind off of those things by doing this thing exactly and so you can't get i see a lot of people get really bogged down in i wrote this collection of tunes that I think are good and they're very heartfelt and I sing them but no one listens no one comes back and and you go see them and they're staring at their shoes the whole time and they're not talking to the audience they're not mm-hmm. engaging anyone they're not making eye contact no one's moving around if it's a band everyone's just kind of standing there mm-hmm. and no one goes to see them again because it's that is so important and I hate I, I almost hate that it's that way because I wish the music would speak for itself but you become such a psychologist in just trying to make people enjoy themselves mm-hmm. and, and you don't give them enough time. Like we were saying earlier, don't give them enough time to pick their phone up between songs. Just play this fast song and just melt it right into this medium song. Like keep going. And, yeah. and then pick it back up and, and get their attention again and, and things like that. And I preach that to younger musicians who ask me for advice, which first of all, don't ask me for advice. Cause I don't know anything. <laughs> Number one, but here's my advice. Don't ask me yeah, for advice. <laughs> but if you do, that's what I try to tell them. I, in my opinion, I, I ran a funk band, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, a soul band, you know, Motown with the horns mm-hmm. and, and that vibe is loud and aggressive. Oh yeah. And it has to be. And if you come out of the gate on the first five seconds of the first song and you're not that people are automatically disappointed because they want that. Cause that's what they see. They see eight people. They see these horns and I, you know, they think you, this is a party. This is about to be what this is. And yeah. then you don't give them that 
and it doesn't have to be that in in the Texas music scene as much. But in my opinion, this is just my opinion from mm-hmm. my own personal experience of doing this. The first minute or minute and a half of your set and the last minute and a half of your set are the only thing that people are going to remember mm-hmm. musically. Mm-hmm. Everything else in the middle, even if you're playing for two hours, everything else in the middle is one lump thing mm-hmm. of whether or not you kept them there, whether or not they enjoyed it enough to stay engaged, and then whether or not you took their engagement and you kept it and cultivated it for two hours. Right. And if they didn't enjoy themselves, they're only going to remember coming out of the gate and going and going back in. That guy was just slow and boring. Yeah. He came out, yeah, he played the I see I see people starting their set on a medium quiet song. And I go, "Why would you ever do that?" You know what I mean? I'm not saying everyone has to do the same thing I'm doing. I'm not saying that I'm correct on any of it. But from my experience, we would come out of the gate, my very first song, I had, I wrote a song specifically to be the first song of the set was the reason I wrote it the way I wrote it. The song was already there, but the way I arranged it with the horns is the very first thing you hear is these drums. Got, 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 like old Motown drums. And then the very first note that you hear is is no count in. The entire band comes in as this wall of sound, mm-hmm. and it's loud. It's like, hey, pay attention. Here we are. And I would purposely yeah. not say anything. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't talk. I would let the drums come in for about two bars and then the music comes in and everyone that's not paying attention immediately goes like this mm-hmm. and, and then they're in. I got them at that point. I'm a hooks in them at that point. Oh, yeah. And then it's up to me to keep them at that it, point. Yeah. Then it's your job. Yeah. And that's, I, you, I, I see a lot of musicians who don't look at being on stage that way. They think that just playing good songs and, and most of them have good songs, that that's enough and it's just not enough. Yeah. And I wish that that weren't the case. But people are listening to your lyrics for the most part, and then they're just going to remember whether or not they had a good time. They're not going to really remember anything else. One of the things I hate the most as a, as a DJ, we do a lot of introductions, is to go up there and just have this big energy field, and my voice is booming over the speakers. Yeah. And, and now here's blah! Yeah. And it's... It's, it's terrible. Like, Don't do that yeah, to me. It's terrible. It's like terrible. I just built them up for you yeah. and they're screaming. They're just going crazy and then you just put them to sleep. Yeah, and they're, and they're screaming so loud they can't even hear you yeah. as you start the song. Yeah. You started this very slow, yeah. dramatic song. I've seen that happen a handful of times where it's there's so about funny. a 10 second gap between, like the band's not ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, favorite. you go into this huge announcement and then it's silence for 10 seconds and then everyone goes, yeah. Yeah, I've had some weird, weird introductions <laughs> like that. That's for sure. It's funny. I think my favorite was introducing Sturgill Simpson. I introduced Sturgill Simpson, but actually, here's the DJ playing songs first before Sturgill Simpson. It was like, all the, right, here have, we go. They have like walk-on music. No, it was a guy on a laptop pushing play, playing like '50s rock and roll music. It was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And you had to introduce that. <laughs> introduce that guy. Sturgill. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It happens. Interesting. I bet that kind of stuff happens all the time. Oh, all the time. We get some fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are doing that Thursday uh, at Lola's? Is that what you guys are Not now. No, we've taken a break for that because it got a little too cold. Yeah, it's 80 degrees today. I know. I'm freezing. Yeah. Absolutely freezing. I had to turn the heat on. Could cut glass with these things. It's so cold. I know. I had to turn the heat on before you got here. I know. I don't know how I'm going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) When does that kick back up? I don't know. I don't know. Eventually. I basically get my schedule like Monday night, Tuesday for the week. 
is how it works. I don't, I don't right. really ever know where I am next week. My girlfriend's always asking me, so what are we doing on, do you have anything? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what maybe. I'm doing. I didn't even got my schedule for this weekend. I don't know what I'm doing Friday. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Could be awesome. Make tentative plans. Always. Only. Yeah. yeah, only pencil stuff yeah. in with me. That's Yeah, that's my entire life. You have to. Chelsea hates it. That's my entire life. She works weekends mm-hmm. at the bar, mm-hmm. and then during the week, every every day, it's like, are you playing tonight or are you not? And I go, well, no, but maybe I had this offer, and I'm like, it hasn't not come sure. through yet. <laughs> so I did that last night. I played up at, at Magnolia, or Monday night. Yeah. I, I didn't know that I was going to be doing it until a couple hours beforehand. I had agreed to do it months prior, weeks prior, mm-hmm. I mean, but then I wasn't on the list of people for this songwriter showcase oh okay yeah but i looked at the wrong list and they hadn't they hadn't posted this week's list yet so i was looking at last week's list like well i guess i'm not playing i guess nobody told me i'm not playing and then i went back pjs and spaghetti yeah yeah (laughs) i went back and looked and i went oh i guess i am playing tonight so we're not gonna go see that movie that we were gonna go see (laughs) sorry that's the life it's a good life i'm not complaining oh no not at all i like it i like it a lot are you going to steamboat no, I'm not. It's kind of cold. It's colder than here. It is. For I, sure. I, I, it's I, a different kind of cold, though. Is it? Dry cold. Is it, There's yeah. no humidity. Yeah, it's it still like four degrees. It doesn't, yeah. It's yeah. like 20s. I just can't. 20s have. in dry mountain cold feels like 40s here. I notice that when I go to Red River every year. Yeah. For the songwriter thing? Yeah, Larry when Joe's it's thing? like really cold out there. No, uh, Drew Kennedy's deal. Okay, yeah. Like in January. Yeah. And uh, it, it will be. It'll be snowing. And, you know, here, if it's 60, I've got a jacket on. Yeah. And it, there it'll be 15 degrees, and I'll be walking around like, oh, my gosh, how am I yeah, doing this? it's not too bad. It's the lack of humidity. When it's 15 degrees here, it's literally oh, giving you frostbite. Like, I'm not going outside. Yeah, but... Up there, you don't mind it so much. I've, uh, I, my parents met and got married in Steamboat. Oh, okay. And so I've spent a ton of time there mm-hmm. um, since I was a little, as long as I can remember fishing and skiing and doing all those things. So I love going up there. Uh, we're going up there with Zach, but I was just up there over Thanksgiving as well. Oh, fun. And uh, my mom lives in Denver with my sister mm-hmm. and her husband now. And uh, so I did that. And, uh, but I just, I, every chance I get to go up there, I can't imagine not going up there how fun it's though. it's a blast and i was in red river too uh well with zach about a month ago but even a month before that uh, chelsea and i went out and took a, a fly fishing vacation mm-hmm. up there i love red river i love red river in the off times i've when, always said that's where i want to retire oh man i love that area it's when, just so hidden and yeah and in the off weekends or weeks when there's, oh, there's nobody, nobody there nobody there it's great ghost town it i is. love it yeah we were there and over uh uh, some holiday weekend, I don't remember what which one, but we got there Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so people were leaving, but there were still some people there. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, uh, Steve Hegland, who owns Texas Reds, yeah, uh, is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the years, I've been playing uh, Motherload for years, mm-hmm. and he put us up, but they closed the hotel down. And so it was literally just Chelsea and I and Steve and his wife. How nice and Colin. is that? And yeah, and so every night we would go into the kitchen and, and Colin Brooks from uh, Band, Band of Heathens, Heathens, yeah. He was cooking dinner for us every night and we would just have this little family feast in in the restaurant of just whatever they made for the night. It was just the five, just the five of us. It was so nice for like four days. It was oh, so nice. See, I didn't know Colin was up there. I went uh, for Larry Joe's deal, I guess it was in August, mm-hmm. and I was sitting down at Texas Reds. I'm like, I'm getting me a steak 
steak at Texas Ranch oh, yeah. by myself. Oh, and I'm yeah. in a little table for two, and I'm sitting there eating, and then this guy just comes sits down at my table, and I was, you know, I was about to jump his <laughs> Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. earrings, Colin. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Yeah. He's he moved up there. He he left the band of heathens uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and then he moved up there, and uh, he's working for Steve doing cabinets and, and woodworking stuff mm-hmm. he just and he plays in and the, then he plays at night in the yeah. bar yeah. yeah and uh yeah it's so cool he's one of my favorites man he did Such a cool song we did a show when i was up there a colin and i did a podcast mm-hmm. while i was up there and it was just he's just such an interesting dude he really is i was just one of my favorite bands too the band of heathens mm-hmm. especially uh the uh the one foot in the ether record mm-hmm. was kind of whatever year that came out 2007 or whatever eight nine Man, it's been a while yeah i just got their new one in yesterday actually you did it came in the mail yeah, yeah it's fresh it's almost out it's not out yet it's not out yet yeah, yeah. duende yeah 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 my buddy uh richard Millsap, dave Millsap's son mm-hmm. plays drums for them mm-hmm. now. <coughs> I've, he used to play for me a long time ago up in denton oh yeah when he was at unt for briefly oh go mean green i know it I know it. My sordid musical past from Denton. I don't know, but yeah, it was uh, Red River's awesome. Colin Collins is so cool, but I'm I'm really looking forward to going to Steamboat. This will be the first year I've done it not in my own band, which is really nice. Not, oh yeah, not being a band leader is like the greatest thing. I can imagine. I've been doing that for so long. I've, yeah, whatever, whatever you need. I've had I'm a good. yeah, I've had a band for twelve years, mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm the songwriter and the singer, and I do most of the booking when mm-hmm. I don't have an agent. Oh, wow. And, you know, unless you have an agent, which is awesome, but then mm-hmm. you got to pay for it if they're not getting you stuff. That's a double-edged sword. But mm-hmm. being a sideman and just looking at a calendar and just going, I have to be here at what time? This time? This okay, is great. Show up and I'll and be back this day. Play the songs. <laughs> and, man, it's so stress-free. Oh, I bet. I love it. And the transition to playing with Zach was so easy because he and I musically are very similar mm-hmm. in that kind of soul, old-school soul vibe. Mm-hmm. And so throwing the organ stuff over top of his his stuff was so easy for me because I was already doing that yeah. with my own band. And I just went, I just don't have to do anything. This is awesome. And that is a <laughs> and perfect still going to pay me? That's yeah. perfect. So it's been really fun, but it'll be my first year in Steamboat for the festival in six or seven years without my own band. So mm-hmm. I'll just, I'm just going to get the ski ticket and enjoy life <laughs> a little have bit. A good time. Huh? Yeah. yeah just, why not? Just get the free lift ticket and just, just where do you need me? Okay. Don't talk to me until then. Yeah. I'll, just... I'll be here 20 minutes before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about it though. It's such a fun time up there. Have you ever done the festival? Never, Never have. Been up there. Never have. It's such a blast. If you ever get a chance, I, it's really fun. I'll have to do it one year. Yeah, it's just, it's it's just a party. It's just, I mean, it's all the same people that you see throughout the year, mm-hmm. you know, here and the fans as well. But it's just all of them at once, and it's just everyone's just having a good time. Very festive, are they? Yeah, yeah. And it's about six or seven days worth of of all the artists and all the fans in one place Man. and everyone all it's really i think it's more special for the artists mm-hmm. because most of us are touring every weekend and playing shows constantly we can't go see each other yeah and so you guys can hang out together yeah and everyone's within walking distance of each other for a week that's everyone, perfect it's like a i think that's what it's turned into more there's your you know there's Every year is the same poker games on the same bus mm-hmm. and the same whatever hangs and these people hang out with these people and you just know that's where you're going to go. On this night, I'm going to go play poker on this bus with these people and that's where you just go. And it's just so much fun. How to fun. Just, and you just build it up over the, over the years. It's, it's a blast, man. 
Uh, if anyone wants to go, you should definitely go as a, even just as a spectator. It's, mm-hmm. it's this nonstop music from that's what I hear though, from like, lunch to eat late night. Like you have to decide which show to go to because yeah. there's so much music. Yeah, there's four, three or four or five different stages that are all happening at once, and wow. some of them are acoustic to full band to small rooms to big rooms to outdoors. See, and that's cool. You just walk around and you have a wristband. You get in everywhere you want to go, and you hear all these artists and. It's a really, it's a really good thing that they've built up. It wasn't always that way. It didn't start out that way. It took them a while to get to that point. Oh yeah. But once they did, and they just they figured out the formula, and man, it's cool. And Hank will be up there, so oh yeah, I get to hang out with him because he's gone all the time. Turnpike's out mm-hmm. all the time, so he and I, I hung out with him. Just last, saw them at Billy Bob's last not too year. Long yeah, ago. so it was a good show. It's just things like that, like my own roommate. Like I never see him. He's gone all the time. He's on the road. They're yeah. touring constantly, and like we'll get to hang out and like go skiing together. And oh, that fun. Kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff is is just kind of for us. That's kind of what it's all about. And and I'm a fan of of most of those dudes anyway. So I'm gonna get to see a lot of shows that that I want to see that I haven't mm-hmm. seen in a while. Mm-hmm. You know that I've been hearing about that they've changed their set and I haven't seen it yet. You know, guys like American Aquarium. Yeah. I opened for them in, in Denton about five, six months ago mm-hmm. and I haven't seen them since. And I just like, I'll just walk down the street and run into them and, so and just go, too, yeah. Hey, what's up? You know? And that's, I don't know. It's more for that for me. And especially not having to be the front man. <laughs> I don't have to worry about keep anything. Going back to that. Yeah, I know. That's kind of what it's all about for me on this trip is that I got my schedule already, my itinerary. And I just went, great. I've got an eight hour block here. I can go skiing. I can go to the bar. I can go. Hang oh, out. how fun. So I've got all just this hang time. out with people. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to kiss any babies or anything i'm not the guy i can put a mask on and nobody needs to worry about me how nice so so i'm excited about that part of it but i could see why i don't know but i guess uh we can uh, go ahead and wrap it up if you'd like yeah it's uh, almost two o'clock i know you got to get going here pretty quick yes i do so uh, do you have anything that you'd like to promote any kind of website or anything you want to plug man just listen to me yeah three to seven in the afternoons i'd appreciate it yeah there you go that's it what's the website uh, 959theranch.com. There you go. So, yeah, check it out. Shane Hollinger uh, on the ranch. I'm really thrilled to have you here. Thank you thank so much you, for buddy, coming for and doing this. Thank you, for inviting me. I really absolutely. appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. Thanks to everyone who tuned in on the uh, Facebook Live. And uh, check me out, chriswatsonband.com. Got some stuff coming up this year as well as uh, playing with Zach. And uh, so that's going to be it. Thanks for listening.